Welcome to Healthcare Disrupted, where conversations, topics, and innovators share how they are disrupting healthcare to change a cookie-cutter healthcare system to become more innovative, creative, and result-driven. Now, here are your hosts, Renee Lumain and Jasmine Vilas. Welcome back to Healthcare Disrupted. I'm your host, Renee Lumain. And I'm Jasmine Vializ. All right. Today is December 22nd, and this is our 10th episode. Merry and Christmas. It's yes. Fun. Merry Christmas to everybody. <laughs> Exciting times for yes. sure. Happy Christmas. <laughs> I know, right? Hanukkah and all that stuff, right? <laughs> the same week, pretty much. I love it. Absolutely. So today we wanted to kind of take a different approach on our podcast. We realized that ever since we started this podcast, we really just kind of jumped right into it. And we never really formally got a chance to introduce ourselves and what we do outside podcasting. And we thought that why not take this episode to really kind of dive in into who we are, the businesses that we do. And I think it'll give our listeners the opportunity to learn something from us. And, uh, you know, without any further ado, we'll start with Jasmine. So Jasmine, go ahead, take it away. Hey now. So yeah, it's funny. We, we kind of started right into this podcasting thing and we really didn't think about um, the fact that y'all don't even know what we know and all. Yeah. So <laughs> who are these jokers over here speaking of trying to tell us what, what's what with, with medical uh, practices or healthcare. So right. Um, yeah, so I, I run a company that's called Integrated Practice Solutions. We um, affectionately call it IPS. Um, we are based out, well, our base was in outside of DC, just in Northern Virginia. Just recently moved our offices down to Charlotte, which is where I'm located, Charlotte, North Carolina. I love it down here. So happy for that move, the relocation. Um, and I've had this company for 16 years now. So we are um, centered around healthcare, obviously. Um, the basis of what we do really is to support the business side of healthcare. So everything that we do centers around really eliminating the confusion that exists in the field. So those of you who have been in healthcare for some time or new to healthcare are well aware of what I'm talking about. So even if providers on the healthcare side um, don't understand anything that goes on in the business side of healthcare. Um, and we really help to try to put minds at ease and help to support by providing services like medical billing or what we call revenue cycle management and um, credentialing and some areas of consulting. And, um, and yeah, that's pretty much our sweet spot. So I've mean, been doing this for 16 years under IPS and before that started in um, somewhat of a similar route, we'll say a roundabout way ended up um, on the business side of healthcare. So right now, Jasmine, correct me if I'm wrong, because I think when we first uh, met each other uh, through a mutual friend of ours, yeah. uh, and gotta give Henry the credit. Hey, Henry, right, right. Love to Henry Tron. <laughs> <laughs> so grateful for that introduction. Yes, absolutely, for sure. Um, I think you told me that you never really worked for anyone, for anyone, right? So I have worked for people. I just, okay. as a, we'll say in most of my adult years, I haven't okay. worked for anyone. So um, I started in healthcare really young. I actually just had a chance to speak to a, a new 
uh, prospect just right before we started this recording. And every time I say it, it's, it makes me giggle a little bit because when I think about like my daughter who is now 15 mm -hmm. and, and, and I think about the age that I was when I started in healthcare, I'm like, what in the world? But <laughs> who was I? Yeah. <laughs> when I was hired in my first practice. And so, wow. and I was hired, I was working at IHOP, which is a funny, a funny thing, you know, it was a brand new IHOP in, mm -hmm. um, in our town. And, you know, so it was booming. I was working on a Saturday, Saturday and Sunday mornings, obviously when I was making buku bucks, right. It was IHOP. So like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it was hopping, we were packed. So I probably walked away with 250 bucks, 300 bucks every, every day. And I'm, you know, short shift on a Saturday and a Sunday. That's good money tips, right there. Sorry, and tips. Yeah. And, um, and so I, I basically, I was approached by um, one of the, the days, and this isn't the first time that I got a, a job offer. It's kind of funny, funny story in my IHOP journey, but um, I was approached by a really nice gentleman who actually was not even seated in my area. Mm -hmm. And, um, and he, I had just kind of been popping by that, by his table because there, there was like a new gal who was there only like a couple of days. And, um, and she had like three, like two top tables, but she just was not really figuring it out quickly enough. <laughs> we'll just say that. And so I'm like, okay, we need to have like overall good, you know, move the, the customers need to keep moving through fairly quickly. So I was helping her out, just keeping an eye on her tables. It was right next to my section. And so at the end of the, the gentleman's meal, he comes up to me and it was, he was there with his son, really nice gentleman. He walks up to me. He's like, um, you know, basically, are you interested in a position um, are you, I, I run, I have a medical practice where I have a practice and I'm, I really think that you, you know, very impressive. I enjoyed, you know, how, um, your customer service skills and so on. He saw these really great things. And I, I kind of start, you know, giggling. I'm like, yeah, that sounds really nice. I so appreciate the offer, but I'm only 14. <laughs> well, if you can work here legally, I'm sure that you can work in, in healthcare. And I was like, okay. And so I called, he gave me the, he gave me his business card, put his office manager's number on there. And I reached out to her and sure enough, you know, I did my interview process and all that. And that's, that's pretty much how I got into healthcare. So I worked with that wow. practice and a few after, you know, I've, I'd worked with he and a, a few colleagues of his helping mm -hmm. in different areas um, around their practice. And then I moved to another city out of state for <clears throat> For a couple of for about a year and a half, my mom yeah. wanted to go back to to school and move us move us out of state for a little short stint, um, and so we did that. And um, and and I said, oh, I'll probably you know try to do a normal thing. And my mom unfortunately got into an accident. I end up at another practice, um, sitting in the waiting room waiting for her. And like in that moment, I'm here overhearing what they're talking about, and they just started a new software. And, you know, it's all God, like I literally, I'm like the software that I know, like the back yeah. of my hand. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, <laughs> hey guys. So I hear you talking about this. And they brought me into the back office right then and there. Wow. And, um, and I helped them, I trained them on some things in the software and then they hired me. And, wow. um, and so I've like, and literally at this time I'm about 16 and a half or so. And so yeah. that's pretty much been, you know, the history for me. I've been very, very blessed with some amazing relationships and I've loved all yeah. of the folks that have helped me along my journey um, earlier on. And, you know, my initial thought, you know, I've always loved healthcare before even going into the business side, like I had been volunteering, I was a candy striper, you know, that fun affectionate term at the hospital <laughs> for years. Um, and I always used to volunteer at nursing homes and things. I wanted to be a provider. 
um, specifically wow. cardiology was my, my passion. And, um, and so when I was running, I, I moved into managing a practice. I managed my first practice. Mm -hmm. I was hired there at the age of, of 17 and they had a couple of locations in the DC area. And, um, Man, initially you, I thought, business. yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was great. I mean, it's crazy when I think about the age, I'm right. like, Right. Oh my gosh. Well, I ended up um, run like essentially running into a patient of ours who he and his wife were both one was she had just finished with med school was in residency, I think, and, and, um, and he was still in med school and he, they, they told me some of the best advice that I could have ever heard because they said, look, if you're going to go to med school, here's what you need to know. Mm. Do not go out there and get a boatload of loans or, you know, money, and then feel like you, you know, you basically have to spend the first decade or more of your career, just paying back your loans, right. like, do a little side hustle. <laughs> and yeah. they were doing, um, e-commerce at that time. And, it, and I say e-commerce, I'm sure what we think of e-commerce, it was not at that. I mean, this is, right, right. <laughs> this is what like long ways. Yeah. 17, 18 <laughs> years ago. Yeah. But it was e-commerce that, I mean, they were, they were doing something big at the time and it, because it was brand new basically. Right. Yeah. And, um, and you know, he said, try to find something that you could do on the side, do a little side hustle, even the entire way through med school. And at least at the bare minimum, you know, you'll cover some costs for yourself, maybe just not living a hundred percent on loans basically. Yeah. And, um, and, uh, I started a family young, I got married and, and mm -hmm. such when I was like 20 and, uh, and, um, and that's when it was like, well, I should probably take their advice if I'm going to do this. Cause now I've got a family and my, you know, I want to start a family and all this stuff in my mind. Um, and so, yeah, so I started kind of getting creative. I'm like, I don't know what, what I should do. I'm just trying to like research businesses. And, um, and I had already been helping the provider, the, um, the practice, the owner, really the providers, I was the practice administrator, but I'd been helping a few of their colleagues out. And um, she said, one of them actually was a husband and wife, they were pediatricians. They were like, you should really consider doing this like as a thing. Like, why do you want to go to med school? And I'm like, no, no, no. I'm just probably, I'm thinking about doing this as like a, maybe continue it as like a side hustle, just a, some consulting here and there. And they're, and he, and he looked at me, he's like, you don't want to go to med school. <laughs> I'm like, yes, I do. He's like, you have a baby. Yeah. at home. He's like, basically close your eyes and open them up when your child is like seven years old. Mm. <laughs> He's like, that is pretty much what's going to happen to you. You're going to erase the next few years of your child's life. Cause it'll be a blur because you won't yeah. remember anything. You'll be exhausted. And, um, and so, you know, I kind of, I started to really think about it and I hadn't really decided that I was just going to do it full time when I started the business. So I, um, I started a business and said, I'm just going to go with the flow and it happened. God blessed me. And like, you know, right. floodgates opened and I, and I was busy very quickly. Wow. And, um, wow. and so, yeah, I'm now, let me ask you a question. When you started your business, was it something to where you kind of research on your own, had to legally start your business by filing it with your state getting your tax id and all that or did you have a mentor oh that's a good question oh my gosh i remember all the emotions i was i so i don't come from like a family of entrepreneurs by any means so that's the first thing you have to know so <laughs> i i i would say that i was a bit of the anomaly like 
most people are, they, they go the safe route, you know, get a good job, you know, go to school, get a good job. Like the whole, you know, uh, and I, I was keep in mind, I was pre-med at the time when I'm going to think about the ages that you heard me say, right? right. So I was in undergrad, right? I was, yeah. I was in school. And, yeah. uh, and I didn't do the typical thing. I didn't finish the school and do the next thing um, that I've right. always been a consumer of information. So I love knowledge, like, which is why you and I have that, that in common, which is why we have this podcast, because we just mm -hmm. like to learn about new things and, you know, really trying to understand and leveraging um, the, the, mm -hmm. the, yeah, the great things that people are doing in healthcare and in industries that support healthcare. And so that's, that's, how I've been since I'm pretty young, like pretty okay. hungry for business development and personal development. So I pretty much bought every book and like, while well, I was in the library a lot. And then I pretty much bought every book on the shelf <laughs> that existed around <laughs> medical billing, which wasn't a lot. Like I bought like entrepreneur magazine, you know, they used to make, the, I don't know, they probably still do make those business kits. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As like a big old op and binder that had all the stuff, you know, everything that you need to start a business, a medical billing business at that time. Um, and then I brought, you know, marketing books, guerrilla marketing and all, all the, all the stuff that you would sure. need. Um, and I pretty much avoided the things that I hated, which I, I, I hate till this day, financial <laughs> stuff and, um, and legal stuff. Oh so, no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I still hate it, except I've, I learned the hard way that you, you can hate it all you want, but it's still got to get done. So you better Absolutely. leverage people that know, know what they know. Very so, true. Yeah. So I've wow. learned as much as I could from all the resources that exist in the world. Absolutely. And, you know, I think about starting a business, uh, you know, I would say probably uh, one of the typical feelings any business owner would feel, especially initially, is, is that, you know, the fear of failing, right? Because there is no guarantee when you start a company. And, um, you basically have to work for every dollar that you do get. And I think, you know, you know, starting off, what was your feelings about taking this endeavor and, you know, whether you would be successful at it or not? Wow. That's a really powerful question. Um, <laughs> for sure. Fear of failure. And I mean, you got to keep in mind the age that yeah. I was right. And I've always, I've been blessed. If you meet my mother today, you people think she's my sister. I've had really great genes, um, but I still look young and people, yeah. people yeah. would like, they would give me the say, what you want to do my what? So I, I for sure felt um, what I would call, you know, these days, everybody affectionately calls it imposter syndrome. Um, <laughs> and I absolutely was challenged with imposter syndrome. Like I yeah. felt fear of rejection and judgment, you know, not, yeah. not from the purposes of me feeling, not from the place of me feeling like I could not do what I knew I could do. You know, I, I had done it multiple times over again and great feedback and testimonials, but, you know, getting into the conversation with a new lead or prospect mm -hmm. and hiding behind, you know, the phone basically, because <laughs> I didn't want people to see, like, they have to hear my professional voice and I sound right. all, you know, mature and whatnot. But if they saw me, they're like, oh, she's a kid. Like, so, <laughs> they're like what a minute. <laughs> exactly. You're like 21 years old. What do you want to do? Like, I've been in business for, you know, 30 years. What do you know about anything? <laughs> yeah. So 
it oh, hard. I just struggled with that. And, you know, yeah. I'm going to be honest, like that took, and you know, the first few business of first few years of any business is yeah. challenging. Mm -hmm. um, add to it. I, I was, I was young. Mm -hmm. I also had a young family, which turned into a young divorce. Um, oh. Well, not divorce, but yeah. it was an annulment, which makes it even more exciting. Um, and a really bad kind of breakup and end of that relationship. Yeah. So life was tricky for me. So I, I definitely had my own struggle, I think, with just kind of navigating the business world, trying uh, to figure uh, things out. But yeah. I'm blessed that like it pushed me to learn to mature faster as a business owner because I had my own set of challenges, right? <clears throat> right. Some folks that have a lot more to fall back on, like maybe family mm -hmm. that invest in their businesses or, you know, loved ones that just kind of throw money at them. I had none of the above. I just had right, me and my grit right. and my desire to grow. And, um, and mm -hmm. so, you know, I, I just continued to press on and perseverance was, you know, a big capital letter word yeah. in my vocabulary, like yeah. dust it off and keep it moving. Even if they said no, or they, you know, or, you, you know, you, uh, you didn't quite get that deal that you really hoped for to kind of keep the, 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 um, the bills paid up to date and things like that. So you know, it was a hard, hard beat for yeah. the first few years. Wow. You know, you said something very powerful, right? Because, you know, you were in a situation in life where it's either you figure it out and figure out how to be successful in this business or you don't, right? And, you know, you can tell you had that mentality. I have a young family. I have this business. I need to figure out how to make this happen. It's almost as if when your back is against a wall, you have nowhere to go but forward. And if you're going to go forward, you're going to do anything and everything that you have to do to make sure that you come out successful. And I think when people, you know, find themselves in that situation and you come out of it, you know, successfully, it does mature you, it does make make you even wiser, you know, and, and, um, and, and even for me, you know, I kind of have a similar situation like that, too. And so, um, but it's, it's always nice and refreshing to hear that. And I think a lot of young entrepreneurs, business owners, they need to hear that, because you're right, not everybody's going to come with you know, several hundred thousand dollars, you know, to invest in your company. But sometimes, yeah, you have to start from the ground up. And, you know, despite whether you feel like you're too young or you're not knowledgeable enough, but everybody starts somewhere. And as long as you stay committed to it, then in time, things will continue to grow. So that's really uh, nice to hear. Absolutely. And it's so interesting that you say that, you know, about the, the not feeling like you have enough knowledge or enough expertise. Mm -hmm. It's, um, it's so fascinating to, to learn how many people, no matter how many years of expertise or anything, they all struggle mm -hmm. with that inadequacy <laughs> feeling at that imposter syndrome, like at some point in their career, it is real, like, yes. you know, it might be um, what's the word waves it might come in waves of saying you know today I feel really empowered and very confident and then 
something mm -hmm. happens that, you know, makes you question or, you know, the ground gets a little shaky. And now you go through another wave of weeks or months of imposter syndrome kind of overshadowing everything that you do. Right. Um, and so it's, you're not alone, you know, that, that mm -hmm. any, any entrepreneur, if you're looking at starting a business or you're, you know, new to healthcare, even, and right. hoping to go out on your own, it, it's, it's real. And it's just a matter of like that, the big capital letter word perseverance and recognizing the truth is there's the blessing really is that there's Absolutely. so many people who have written resources and have information and groups to support you all the way through. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And you asked earlier about um, coaching or guidance. You know, I've always been a, a seeker. That's just, I am a seeker still to this day. This is the this part of my nature. And um, so not only me just consuming information, but I've always been curious, you know, who, who has done this before me? Who can I learn from? You know, and I didn't have, as I said, I didn't have anybody in my family. It wasn't in my blood, so to speak, to be an entrepreneur. Right. Um, and so I really was, um, hungry to try to get connected to like a coaching group or something. And, and I just, I, I really kind of bounced around to a few different ones. I got connected to like, a, there was like the group called like growth coaching. And, um, you know, I loved, like, I've always loved Tony Robbins. He's one of my favorite, but I've just trying to find like group of people, peer group to try to say, okay, like, you know, who can I learn from? Like right. I might be negative 15 years of experience that all these people have, but maybe I can give myself that little leg up by just surrounding myself with, with, you know, with those folks. And, and it may not, you know, be directly connected to my industry, but it's going to give me an opportunity to like really tap into what it is that, you know, I may not be able to learn quickly on my own, right? Stuff, like I said, related to legal stuff and finances mm -hmm. and all the exciting worlds of, <laughs> you know, pages and pages of contracts and laws. And mm, right. I love that stuff. Taxes. Yes. <laughs> That's me gritting my teeth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> that is amazing. So, at what point for you when you felt like, okay, you know what, I passed that three-year mark? Because I think they say the first three years of any, you know, business is probably the most crucial, right? And they say if you make it out of that three year, then for the for the most part, you should be good to go. But when did you feel like, okay, you know, I've, I've done this for a little bit. I think I've got this under control, and I'm and I'm really ready to take this to the next level. Mm, that's a good question. So I don't know, three years, I would not say three years. I think it, it five years is the, is the number I've, I hear most commonly. And I think that that is true to form to my experience. Um, the first, the first couple of years, you're just figuring it out. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. unless someone you, you are just that much of a planner that you have before the business opened and you had plenty of time to create a full on strategy and, you know, you felt like you could hit the ground running. Yeah. Then you probably felt pain for the first couple of years. And even so, you know, some people do all that crazy planning for years in advance of their business. Mm -hmm. And then they realize there's no industry like or no, <laughs> there's no customer for the <laughs> solutions that they've built. Like it's almost better that you start into the business and really learn to, to be agile and make adjustments fairly quickly. Absolutely. But yeah, so for me, I think that probably... I mean, I'm going to be honest, probably it wasn't until about year eight for wow. me that I felt really good. 
<laughs> like, <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> like I, I, I would say, uh, like, I mean, I was, we grew quickly. I was blessed. Like, we grew very quickly. I had, you know, a team within the first year. I had at least two other employees um, on the team, and then we doubled over the next year, client base and revenue, which phenomenal growth. Um, but again, it was me figuring stuff out. I, my biggest problem at like most entrepreneurs at the beginning, I was a, what is it? Jack of all trades, master of none. I wanted to do everything. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I, I, I'm going to be the marketing person and I'm going to be this, and I'm going to do that. And I'm going to do bookkeeping. And it wasn't until probably about year seven or eight that I said, okay, I, I need to start really bringing out experts mm -hmm. and choosing to say, okay, this element doesn't need to be here. I don't need to be doing like, or having someone in house to do my bookkeeping um, and accounting. I should partner with an, an agency that knows it and knows it well. And that's all they do. That's their specialty. And, you know, same thing for pretty much every area of the administrative side of the business, just trying to find the expertise and saying Absolutely. how, who can I leverage to bring into the business to help me up level and move it, you know, move the business forward. This is probably about year five or six that kind of got to a good plateau. Like the growth was there, but it was like, I was so busy with all things, right? Trying right. to be the everything, all the C's, right? <laughs> all the C-suite, basically. I was exactly. trying to fill it. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, plus sales and all, you know, it's like, <laughs> Added all that. Yeah. <laughs> and so I said, okay, like I probably I'm in a place where I, I really need to take a step back. And um, that was when I started really working heavily with um, a business strategy coach, basically someone who kind of helped me really um, pull, pull things together. Um, and I still work with her to this day because I adore her and she has just phenomenally helped me in my life um, just to kind of pull my, my world together to have a business that serves me instead of doing what, unfortunately, a lot of folks who move into the entrepreneurial world, what they do is they launch into a job. Like mm -hmm. they created a business that is not just a, it's a job with almost an inconsistent paycheck. If you haven't, yeah, yeah, <laughs> if you right. haven't created a business that, that yeah. is, um, has a strong foundation. True, right. True. So, so you end up basically it's yeah, you've got the autonomy maybe, but you really do not have a foundation and something to fall back on as if you were, you know, if you were working for another um, organization. So mm -hmm. you've created a painful job for yourself, one that you don't know if you don't get a paycheck the next month or whatever, you know? <laughs> right, right. No, very true. <laughs> very true. I mean, you are definitely dropping some good knowledge here, you know, because man, I mean, you're definitely far along than I am uh, for sure. But <laughs> so tell me so okay we any well i want to learn more about renee lumaine so i i need to know i'm done rambling on you heard my story oh no renee we're just lumaine. gonna start uh -huh. renee lumaine what is his story who is this cat <laughs> all right all right well definitely um your story is inspiring for sure and i know i've been learning a lot from you so i do appreciate all the gems that you constantly drop uh, on me i'm sure it, for others who are listening as well well so for me i knew um you know growing up i think as early as middle school i wanted to be in business i just didn't know what exactly in business i figured someday i might own uh, you know a company 
And so um, I remember, you know, after high school, I joined the Navy. And, um, and so in the Navy, I was, you know, a hospital corpsman and became a surgical tech. And after finishing my schooling in the Navy, I got stationed at the Naval Hospital of Jacksonville, Florida. And, uh, and, I, and I remember in 2006, uh, Dr. Whitaker, uh, he, uh, he was a general surgeon, and it was just him and I. We were doing a laparoscopic inguinal hernia repair procedure, and you know, he asked me. He's like, "Hey, so are you new here?" And I told him yes. And he said, uh, "Are you planning on going to college?" And I told him absolutely. And he said, "What are you going to major in?" And I said, "Well, I think I'm going to major in to become a nurse." And he said, do you really like that? Or are you just saying it? I said, well, I guess I'm just saying it because all the rest of the surgical techs, they're going to school to become a nurse. So I figured that was a natural progression for me too. But then he said, what do you really like? I said, I like business. I just don't know what exactly. So then he said, and, and then I told him, but I do enjoy healthcare. And that's when he told me about healthcare administration. I think I was 19 at the time. And I've never heard of healthcare administration until it came out of his mouth. <laughs> and uh, so then I asked him, I mean, and I mean, we're like, you know, in a dark room, you know, in the middle of, of doing this procedure. And uh, he said, so then I, I asked him, what is healthcare administration? And he said, well, think of yourself as being a CEO of a hospital and you're being responsible for it. And, and under, under you, you'll have other administrative staff who would manage other departments and, you know, make sure that, you know, everything is running um, success, successfully from an operational standpoint. I said, huh. So, okay. I went home, I Googled a healthcare administration, I read up on it, and that's when I knew that's what I want to do from a career standpoint. Fast forward, you know, I get out the Navy and you know, I go on to, you know, uh, get my master's and, you know, start working for different companies. And I'm gaining experience uh, managing medical practices, um, uh, you know, getting a little bit into compliance, just really learning a little bit of everything, uh, what it takes to, to, to start a medical practice, what it takes to manage it, how to, how to, manage, how to manage staff, um, learning finance. I mean, just really learning all of this over a course of 14 years. And it wasn't probably until maybe the past eight years, I started getting this urge to start my own company, right? And, um, and, and over, over the course of that time, I started a couple of things. Things may, may not have panned out, went back to the drawing board and just really trying to figure my way as to, okay, what is it I really wanna do? And so this is where my back was against the wall story comes into place. So here I am here, right? Working in Dallas at one of the big major hospitals and, um, and the, the, the director of operations, he comes to me. Well, actually, he he calls me and says, hey, can we, you know, schedule, um, you know, a time at my office to do your evaluation and all that? I said, okay, cool, you know. So I go to his office and uh, he's like, hey, you know, I just want to let you know, um, you know, everything is going, it's going good. Everything's going, it's going okay. But here goes the but. Your position is going to be eliminated. So this was in early 2019. Oh. 
So I was like, so that's, I sat that's there. A big butt. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. It was like, yeah, you know, uh, the company is definitely going through some reorganization, you know, all that uh, corporate politic talk. So right then and there, I took off my badge. I said, hey, okay, thank you. And I, I'm getting ready to walk out. He's like, wait, 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 wait. He's like, well, you actually have like four more months, you know, before your last day. <laughs> Right. Oh, wow. That's really generous. Wow. <laughs> you were like, no, this is it. This is my, my, let me give you my gun and my badge or my, what are they called? <laughs> like, like yeah. a <laughs> I okay, know. Here you go. Here you go. <laughs> Take it out. <laughs> so at that point, and you know, the funny thing is I wasn't even upset. I was just like, I felt no emotion whatsoever. And, um, that's that readiness. That's what right. that was. It was like, yeah, you know, like you expect there'll be a storm, but it's like if you, if God says, mm -hmm. yeah, this, and you feel that sensation of calm and peace, and yeah, correct, correct. It it was just peace. It was calm. I wasn't upset. I just, you know, I was just ready to just handle my my ID and my office key and everything and. And so he's like, nope, nope, you know, you got four more, month, four more months left. He, and he said, if anything, you know, please look around the company. If there's you know, any positions available that you're interested in, please let me know. And so, um, you know, as the months started to progress, I figured, well, you know, let me start looking elsewhere. And I mean, I probably went to like eight different interviews for different companies. And I've always made it to the last interview and I never got the job. But at the same time, I wasn't even disappointed. So then I said, this has never really happened to me before. You know, usually I can land something and I'm good. But what I realized during the process of going through those interviewing, pro uh, um, going through the interviews, I knew that it doesn't matter how much money they offered me, I would not be happy because I kind of got to the point where it wasn't fun, you know, going to work for another company because that passion, that desire to want to work for myself, it weighed, I mean, it outweighed any money than, 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 than what a company could offer me at that point in time. So then I remember, you know, being home with my wife and I told her, I said, listen, um, I don't think I'm going to be happy wherever I go. I said, I really want to work for myself, but I just don't know. I said, I don't think we're in a position for me to, to do that. Bills still have to get paid. You know, daycare bills have to get paid, all that stuff. But this is what really gave me, you know, the motivation and the desire to really make this work. Because my wife said, listen, I know this is something you've been wanting to do for a very long time. She said, you know, I'll give you a year. I know you could do this. You have the experience and you're smart enough. You have the knowledge to be a consultant. When she said that, I said, consulting? I said, hmm. I said, you know what? I never thought about that. But then she said, I know you can do it, uh, but I'm going to give you a year. If for whatever reason it doesn't pan out, then you know you'll go ahead and apply for a job somewhere else and just kind of go from there i said okay so shortly after that i went ahead start you know i registered my business in the state 
you know, I got my tax ID. And, and out of the blue, this psychiatrist called me and he said, hey, I saw your LinkedIn profile and um, I need somebody to, you know, help me with my practice. I had a young lady who used to work with me, but she but she's actually moving. And I really want to take my practice to the next level. I was wondering if you can meet me out for lunch and maybe we can kind of discuss something. So then basically I go in and, and um, I, I meet him and he said, hey, I would like to hire you. But then I said, no, I said, I'm sorry. I'm I'm done. You know, I'm done working for anybody else. But um God, no, thank you. I'm, yeah, uh, you know I'll gracefully de decline your offer for a job. <laughs> <laughs> but then of course, right? So then I said, Well, what if what if I do consulting for you? And so he said, Can you do that? I said, Absolutely, why not? You know, and um, and so he said, Well, how much well, how much, you know, how much should I pay you a year? And I tossed out a number and he said, absolutely. And this is where I realized, dang it, I sold myself short because I should have said more. <laughs> There's no hesitation, something's wrong. Like, there should be at least a pause. Yeah. Like, want them to say, let me see if I can make that happen. Okay, okay. Like, <laughs> right, exactly, you know, but it was a great learning experience for me because I realized I was like, man, I'm like, okay, so, okay, you know, if, if I get paid this and if I could get maybe two or three more, I'm like, man, I will have surpassed what I was getting paid at my other job. So then that's when I realized, okay, this could definitely be something for real. And sure enough, uh, after a couple of months of working with him, uh, another psychiatrist he knows um, ended up calling me and say, hey, doctor, you know, such and such told me, you know, what you're doing with him. I was wondering, can you help me out too? And then from there, word of mouth, it just started spreading and then yeah. different providers reached out to me. And that's when I knew, okay, I definitely have something here. But, you know, being a small business owner, you know, uh, you know, you, you kind of alluded to it to where you wear multiple hats, right? I mean, I'm the guy that's doing credentialing, billing, all this different stuff. And then it kind of gets to a point to where it's like, okay, I'm kind of stretched too thin. And now I really need to kind of start having the, the mindset of how can I put this business in position to, to operate, but not really needing me to be in the day-to-day -day stuff. So then that's when I realized, okay, I need to find somebody, whether a part-time person to start off and then eventually full-time, but just kind of going through that evolution of the, of, of, of the business growth for my company. And so far I can say that it has been such a humbling experience because, you know, again, right. I mean, this is how I feed my family mm -hmm. and and if I don't do, you know, if I don't work, then there's no way I'm going to be able to produce an income, right? But, but also too, it put me in a, in a position where, where I was working for a company, I was in, you know, a high level, um, you know, director role, but now I'm the guy picking up the phone, right? Talking with patients, scheduling their appointments, um, I, I'm doing all these stuff that my support staff, you know, would be doing, but at the same time, um, it allows me to sharpen up my skills and to really relearn those uh, skill sets and duties. And yeah. so now is that, okay, 
you know, as my business is starting to grow, you know, I'm looking towards the next year, like, okay, I need to add somebody else to my team. And so I think for me, that's probably one of the most exciting things to know that I can grow my team. And, uh, you know, as I see this company growing, it's like, man, I remember when it was just me sitting in this room here, right? But now eventually to eventually to be able to grow it, and I add people with, with the, with, you know, to have the expertise, to have the knowledge to like, hey, you can take care of this credential or, you know, you can take care of, you know, you know, of this practice startup or, you know, add more people to do more patient remote scheduling, uh, whatever it is. And so it's just to be able to grow uh, my company. So what started off as a simple consulting ended up growing into more of a management service organization and just being that administrative arm for uh, small to mid-sized physician practices. I love it. What's the name of the business? It's called Healthcare Experiences. And, and, and the reason why I call it that is because I want to make sure that uh, all my clients have the best experience and even their patients as well. And I truly believe in customer service when you have that servant mentality. And uh, I think people are much more happier and, and, and appreciative for the things that you do. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's I mean, we love this for the same reason being able to focus on all the stuff that most people separate from the concept of customer service or patient facing. But these elements, the business side, all the kind of administrative tasks, Mm -hmm. those are the things that keep the revenue moving through the organization. And they still have their an extension still of that patient touch. So still having that understanding and respect for customer service is so vital. And I think that's the thing that, you know, could arguably be the missing ingredient from organizations that aren't seeing the results from their patients healing even because the providers are busy, they're bogged down with all the stress, the patients feel the stress, they, you know, are maybe upset by the financial, you know, anguish and heartache that that the billing or administrative team is is causing them. So, I mean, it's all just kind of a snowball. And so, yeah, yeah. it is, it is. Very cool. So tell me a little bit about the, the, the desire kind of for the healthcare, what you want to see healthcare experiencing experiences do in the future moving forward. You know, so very interesting question, right? Um, so for me, um, where I see uh, healthcare experience uh, being able to do in the future, especially for providers, my thing is trying to make make it more affordable for providers to be able to start their practice, to be efficient by streamlining their processes, by, um, by you know, helping them implement technology. And uh, so to be able to get more done with maybe and I don't know, it might be bad to say, but I'm probably going to catch some flack for this, but being able to get a lot, a lot more done with, uh, I guess, less workforce or manpower, if you will. And the reason why I say this is because what I realized when the whole coronavirus thing hit, I started getting a lot more uh, contacts from PAs and nurse practitioners who want to start their um, uh, telemedicine practices. And, and one thing you can't forget, somebody have to answer the phone, somebody still have to do the billing, um, you know, somebody still have to 
handle all those administrative tasks and duties. And so with the way I have things set up for, for my clients, um, basically they don't have to go out and hire, you know, a full-time staff, right? I mean, it would cost them so much more to go that route to actually have a full-time staff in office, um, you know, but if they were to come on board with my company, I mean, they're really paying fraction of the cost, honestly, but still be able to, but my company is still able to be just as productive um, and to get a lot more done. And so what providers are realizing is that, man, I'm saving a lot more money compared to if I actually had to hire um, employees uh, to be able to handle each individual task for me. And so ideally, um, it, you know, for them, it's saving them money, but also um, giving them the ability to start up their practice fairly quickly. And of course, to get up and running as soon as possible. Yeah, what a gift of technology. It's so interesting, you know, to hear you say this because, you know, it's, I've always loved the concept of the medical entrepreneur. Yeah. You know, being able to say that this provider can treat their patients how they would like to and, and you know, spend the time that they would like to spend with their patients to, to help them achieve, you know, their the, the desired outcomes that they themselves, the provider, want mm -hmm. versus feeling like they have to be wrapped into this larger hospital organization, right. no longer have their autonomy, no longer have control really over their, the go. way they care for their patients. There you and go. I think right now we're in this beautiful, I would hope, um, kind of like a renaissance, a little bit of a, a, an awakening period where we get, we have this this leveraging of technology, we have the insurance carriers that are saying, finally, they're going to embrace telemedicine and, and, and the potential behind right. telemedicine, because that was always a show before, you know, it was possible, yeah. but it was a hot mess to try to get it all paid. And still, you know, it's still, it's still working out the kinks, we'll say massaging the kinks out, but, um, but COVID or coronavirus, right, has helped us to, to help, yeah. helped us to really kind of move that along more quickly. And right. it allows the, the opportunity for the folks who have always wanted to be an on their own, have their own practice. They say mm -hmm. medical entrepreneur doesn't mean you have to go out and open up a big, massive practice. And you've got right. to hire all these, like you said, leveraging all these other providers and support staff and all of that. You very much, if you, if maybe it's you and your husband have a, ha, he has another venture or potentially also a provider. There you go. You have a stronger business opportunity to yep. be able to even support your, your patients remote mm -hmm. um, and, and have, having a good mix of um, flexibility, yeah, <laughs> quality <absolutely>. of life, <laughs> um, which yeah. is a very valuable thing. Um, some would argue more valuable than, you know, the extra zeros on a paycheck working around the clock for a larger organization. Correct. So, um, so, yeah, I mean, I really think it's a beautiful thing to have, um, as you, as you're saying, to have that the, the attention where it's needed without all of the extra stress because there are so many providers that start their practices and hire all this staff and goes back to what I was saying like you, you don't even you're not even comfortable paying yourself a salary then you have all these people to worry about and then you've got to worry about a manager to oversee all those people right, you know right. someone to really or administrator to really pull that all exactly. together. So, I mean, starting small, sometimes it's the most, it, it's an even more 
um, fulfilling way to do things because you have more control over what you're mm -hmm. doing. You know, yep. you don't, the, the dream of entrepreneur life doesn't have to be this big buku bucks and this massive organization. It, could, it can look different. And it's important for, I think, the individual to, to lean into what that means for them. Absolutely. I want more time with my kids. I want to work, you know, 30 hours a week. And I want to have half of that be where I'm doing that remote with my patients. And, you know, being able to create your own schedule and mm -hmm. not feeling like, you know, it has to look like every other um, large practice <laughs> makes Correct. it the only way to go. So, no, yeah. Ab absolutely. Uh, you know, you definitely said it best uh, for sure. And, you know, I think with this whole COVID thing, it really has changed the game. You know, I think, you know, for, you know, our, our companies, especially a guy like me who loves startups, because now with the hotel health thing coming around now, these providers, especially the mid-levels, they're like, man, I can go do my own side thing on, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, maybe still work part-time here, but eventually have my own business going. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the way it should be because, you know, we talk about access to care and uh, is being, you know, access to care is such a big deal because we still have people who cannot um, you know, drive 30, 40 miles just to go see their primary care doctor. But with, you know, telehealth, it's allowing people to, to have that access. And the more providers that, that, that open up their telehealth practice is just going to, you know, make it that much easier for people to be able to choose whoever they want to see. Oh, yeah. No, I, I think that I mean, we, we can have a longer conversation about this yeah. for sure. But telehealth <laughs> is here to stay. And I am thrilled about Absolutely. it for everybody's sake. I mean, healthcare. I don't know why. But I mean, you talk about biomed and all these other like, you know, things, tools and resources that we use um, for for caring from on a hospital level. But when it comes to like infrastructure and administrative stuff, we are so far behind, like yeah. so far behind. And it's so it's painstaking for us, especially on this side where I'm ready for to bring technology in. Let's leverage it. Let's make it happen. And I go into a hospital organization and they're using like an, a software that looks like it's from the 1980s and it's got these uh, little windows and yeah. and it's like you can't. Oh, here's where the accounting is. And then it, there's this little clip. I know. I'm like, <laughs> what is this? Like, why? Why? And and because of that, they don't have all these other tools to support what they can do for their patients like like remote patient monitoring and telehealth yeah, and that's another well, one. Yeah. Yeah. All these things that are going to, they, they have the, it's the impetus, right? It's just yes. the start. Like we are just touch and we, it's going to, it's going to grow so quickly because yeah. now the expectation is going to be Dr. Such and such. Mm -hmm. You should be able to see me remote. Why do you need me to come in there when I just need to, you know, show you this <laughs> or that. So I, I, I um, I'm excited. And I think that, yeah. Providers that, you know, as they learn and, and move with the times, if they've been in the practice, in practice for a long time, they'll right. also be excited because they'll, they'll also see the same flexibility. Hopefully some have, yeah. I can see my patients in the comfort of my own home, maybe even in my PJs, you know? <laughs> right. Absolutely. Because I think too, right. Cause I, cause I remember when I started this company, I think one of the first things that I said is that I don't care how big this company get. I don't think, I don't think I ever really want to have an actual office office, um, because I because I find how beneficial it is, right? Because for me, I think since I've worked from home, 
I, you know, I don't spend a lot of money on gas. I think I might fill up my car maybe once a month, if anything, a month and a half, because I don't really go anywhere, you know? <laughs> Same. And it's so funny, like, I, I, I totally hear what you're saying there. I think yeah. Mother Nature is smiling down on us saying, thank you so much for letting me breathe, because <laughs> I think COVID has done a blessing and given yeah. us all a blessing for, like, letting us give the, the a little bit more space to, to nature. <laughs> um, yeah, but sure. no, for sure. I, I think it's funny, like, and I've had an office since for a long time. I mean, I had a home office for a while and then, you know, that grew into like, I just didn't want people in my home anymore. And then yeah. <laughs> um, it was years, right? Years of, of this, um, of, you know, of my business. So um, we started, we started growing our um, remote team. I'm trying to think like time frame. It had to be nine years ago um, when I hired our first team member that was not in-house. Okay. Um, and then since then, it's, you know, we've just onboarded folks from various areas, different parts of the country. Um, wow. I think it's funny that, you know, I, I have always felt like mixed reviews from people. Like some people are like, we're uncomfortable about that, you know, like, oh, your people aren't in the same office. And like, and we had control over their environments. You know, we have our own IT and all the infrastructure is ours as far as tools and resources, but they, uh, you know, have their reservations about like, yeah. oh, your people aren't in a same room with each other and piled on top of each other. And, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and so that, that I feel like right now, I don't have to worry about that anymore after no, COVID because no. everybody's used to everybody working from home. I, I went to call um, to, book, to book a reservation. I have a, um, some reservation I was making out in uh, for a trip to Arizona. And uh -huh. I'm on the phone with a lady and his, her dog, she's the, the reservation line, <laughs> the mm -hmm. national reservation line for, for Marriott or whatever. And, um, and her dog starts barking and then we're talking and we're just laughing about, you know, being <laughs> home and all that. And I'm like, you know, now it's like, we don't, we are all yeah. at home. Like I'm yeah. talking to a guy at the credit card company or whatever, <laughs> like, you know, a couple of weeks back and in the airline a yep. few weeks ago, like, you know, it's like everybody's working from home and yep. it's so fascinating. Like how all of a sudden, like now we trust it. <laughs> like it, it, It's true because life will force you to make adjustments and it's either you adjust or you don't. And I think what a lot of companies are realizing too, because companies who were not equipped to be flexible to where employees can work from home, I mean, they crumbled, you know, mm -hmm. you know, you know, throughout this whole coronavirus thing. So I think you see a lot of companies, they're making sure that, um, you know, that their services or products, whether you can you know, get it in person or you can get it virtually is going to be big and that their employees can actually uh, be flexible to work in office or at home, um, especially when, you know, the climate um, calls for, hey, you know what, we got to start working from home because of whatever the whatever the situation might be. Oh, yeah. But but absolutely, I think, you know, with, um, you, you know, with technology and, you know, as we go into, into the future, I think your company is going to have to be very, very nimble and flexible, um, uh, to, to, to kind of withstand different, uh, climate and environments. Oh yeah. No, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. I think, I, I, I mean, I know it's, I'm not saying that COVID is a beautiful thing. Let me just, no, 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 no. Okay? <laughs> it's not. Um, but I, I'm excited about, as you said, the change that's being, um, kind of thrust upon us, like to mm -hmm. embrace this. It's, it, it's been so uncomfortable 
like yeah. this whole year, I mean, obviously COVID was, has, has brought a lot of challenges into people's world, but I think that the discomfort of, of the, the newness of technology and bracing and shifting so quickly, I think right. it's, it, it, it moved us so fast, so far forward so quickly that it made us, you know, yeah. go, move into those, uh, that areas of discomfort that we mm -hmm. probably would have never gotten into. Like, I mean, if we're real, <laughs> like we probably would not have even touched the surface in another 10 years of healthcare. I mean, we moved so slowly in healthcare <laughs> and it comes Listen, to this business side of healthcare. You and I talked about this, right? I mean, you're talking about being uncomfortable, uh, you know, just, you know, being, you know, business owner and really trying to market the company and starting YouTube. I'm terrified. So I'm still uncomfortable as we speak right now. But every day I keep telling myself, you need to do it. <laughs> yes. I, you know, it's so funny. I just today I was having a conversation with someone about um, the really cool thing about like, so before we've always done, we've been on Zoom for five or more years, like for, I don't, I made, but for as long as I've been around, like we've used Zoom in our business and we would always send our clients Zoom invites. Um, and, you know, it's like, we're usually the ones we'll have our videos on or whatever, but the clients, they would like, yeah. most of them wouldn't. <laughs> it's yeah. like, and now it's like, I think people are so used to it, even though, you know, they have FaceTime and they're right. talking to their, right. whatever, right. talking to their kids and their family. But the idea that they would put video on and be speaking to someone in business was always, whoa, that's a lot. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I mean, I, I've done demos with people, uh, you know, new people, even folks that are, were demoing like products, um, uh, services that we're looking at, you know, introducing in 2021. Mm -hmm. And I would like video on, like you sent me a Google meet, I'm about to have my video on, like, <laughs> what, why don't you have your video on? You sent You're me right. a Google meet. Like, <laughs> I'm like, and so it's I, like, the, I actually the other day ended up doing a whole um, demonstration. I was the only one who kept my video on. There were four or oh, five people man. on the call. And I'm not, you know, I, I get it. I just, I'm like, I am determined to yeah. shake it up and be like, I'm going <laughs> to let you just look at me the whole time until you finally turn your video on. Like, let's be real here. It is not that serious. Yeah. We're people. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. You know you have a video camera on your computer. <laughs> <laughs> you know you do. Let's be real. <laughs> no, absolutely. You know, because I was on a call yesterday as well with a couple of providers. And when I first got on it, everybody had their stuff off. So I, I said, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and turn my camera on. And when I did, everybody else did it too. They're like, oh, okay. It's not too bad, you know? So, but definitely understand. But somebody got to break the ice. Y'all listeners y'all you guys have to understand yeah. that rapport can happen mm -hmm. on the screen like yeah. you can it completely it tears down all kinds of when someone's kid comes walking behind mm -hmm. them it's like or the dog or the cat or whatever yeah. somehow all of a sudden you you feel you, you get the human. real Yes, yeah. you yeah. get the real person. Yeah. <laughs> like they become human in front of you and that makes the relationships or maybe you're just talking to a new vendor yeah. makes it all the more meaningful. Like why would you right. want to have that kind of sterile fake mm -hmm. environment? You want the guy to come in the suit and pretend like he's a robot <laughs> and have a conversation <laughs> with you. Like I mean if he can show up as a person and all of a sudden like now he's just telling you real, "Hey, this is the real stuff. This is how we show up in business and we have problems with this, but this is what we can do for you." Like, you know, I mean, I think you'll get a more authentic human. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I definitely agree. 
Well, definitely, this has been fun for sure. I, I think, uh, you know, as we kind of share our experience and how we start our own companies and where we are today, and even starting this podcast, uh, you know, uh, you know, glad that we did, honestly, and I know we got new goals coming up for 2021. So for our listeners, definitely stay tuned. Uh, please follow us on Instagram. Uh, it's a healthcare disrupted. Uh, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and even Twitter. And LinkedIn. Uh, LinkedIn. yes, LinkedIn <laughs> as well. Correct. Absolutely. And uh, we're looking forward to just being able to share our content with you guys. And uh, especially with our guests and to, you know, to continue to talk about innovation in healthcare, uh, different and new companies that are starting up that are doing things a little bit different within the healthcare industry, but it's really shaking things up in a positive way. So we're definitely excited for what the new year is going to bring. Oh, yeah. Very excited. I think we need to do an episode to talk about that. Maybe that's going to be the next thing, y'all. Stay tuned. We want to share about all our big plans for 2021 and what we're going to be bringing to you. And we need to hear from you. So send us messages about what you want to learn about. If it's something that you're interested in, maybe you're trying to get out and open your practice. Maybe we share tips on that. Whatever it is, is your face with, let us know, send us your messages and uh, yeah, just kind of keep us stay connected, keep us updated on what's going on in your world. And we'd love to just dialogue with you about it and maybe share a little bit of our experience um, and where you are in your, in your career, your practice. Mm-hmm, for sure. Yeah, just make sure to visit our website at healthcaredisrupted.org and you can go to our contact page and that'll be a great way to really get a hold of us. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we'll see you guys soon. So it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening. Be sure to check back for new episodes of Healthcare Disrupted. Find out more at www.healthcaredisrupted.org. Until next time.